Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 19th of February. India reported 13,193 new cases of coronavirus in the last 24 hours, as the total number of cases went up to over 1.09 crore, according to the Health Ministry data. The death toll rose to over 1,56,000, with 97 new fatalities while the number of active cases in the country stood at 1,39,542. Sri Lanka will purchase 10 million doses of Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine from India. In January, under India's Neighbourhood First policy, Sri Lanka received 5 lakh doses of free vaccines. They were administered as a priority to frontline health workers and members of the armed forces. The State Pharmaceutical Corporation has signed the order with Serum Institute of India, or SII, for 10 million doses. This agreement has been approved by Attorney General. Oxford AstraZeneca's Covishield is being manufactured by Pune-based Serum Institute. The SII has collaborated with Oxford University and pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca for making the vaccine. The Delhi High Court today sought a response from the Aadmi Party government and the police on appeals of the Pinjra Thord members Devangana Kalita and Natasha Narwal against the dismissal of their bail pleas related to the violence that broke out in the capital in February last year. A division bench of Justices Siddharth Midul and Anup Bambani issued the notice on the pleas and listed the matter for hearing on March 10th. Advocate Adit S. Pujari, appearing for the accused, argued that the investigation in the case was tainted, reported news agency PTI. A court in Delhi on January 28th had rejected the bail pleas of the activists, saying the allegations against the accused Prima Facey seemed to be true. Kalita and Narwal were arrested and booked on May 23, 2020 under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA after clashes had broken out between supporters of the Citizenship Amendment Act and those opposing it between February 23rd and 26th last year in northeast Delhi, killing at least 53 people. They were granted bail the next by a court in Delhi. Immediately after the court's order, the Delhi police moved an application to interrogate the two activists and arrested them in a separate case related to the violence. The Delhi police claimed that the violence was part of a larger conspiracy to defame the present central government and was planned by those who organized the protests against the amended Citizenship Amendment Act. 22-year-old climate change activist Disha Ravi, arrested in the Toolkit case, was sent to a three-day judicial custody today by a Delhi court. The Delhi police had sought her custody after she was produced before the Patiala House Court. The public prosecutor representing the Delhi police told the court that the activist was evasive during interrogation and shifted the blame on co-accused Shantanu and Nikita and thus needed to be confronted with Shantanu when he joins the probe on February 22nd. According to the police, Nikita Jacob, her associate Shantanu and Ravi had created the toolkit on farmers' protest. Disha had then sent the toolkit to global climate activist Greta Thunberg via the Telegram app. Thunberg shared the same on her social media handle. Responding to the petition filed by Ravi seeking direction to restrain the police from leaking to the media any probe material concerning the FIR lodged against her in the toolkit case, the Delhi High Court said the Delhi police would be entitled to conduct press briefings so long as no rights of the petitioner were violated. In late November, when farmers arrived along Delhi's borders to press for the repeal of the new agriculture laws, the Narendra Modi government proposed that they move their protest to the Nirankari ground in Burari instead of blocking the highways around the capital. Farmer leaders rejected the offer, but a few of the protesters did set up tents on the ground. It was there that 80-year-old Gurmukh Singh was arrested on January 28th. He was released on bail on February 13th. 
Gurmukh, who served in the Indian Army for 22 years, is now back in the village. Let me read an excerpt from the report. In the evening on January 28th, Gurmukh had just returned to the tent after helping out in the community kitchen when he saw a few policemen walk around the back of the tent. He recalled, and I quote, We felt uncomfortable, but we let it go. Unquote. At around 11pm, as the farmers prepared to retire for the night, the electricity was suddenly switched off. Gurmukh came out of his tent, which he shared with several fellow farmers, when three, four policemen caught him. At this, he said the policemen started violently poking him with their lattes. They eventually managed to push him into a Delhi police bus, where he was once again hit by two, three policemen. He said, and I quote, A few times I managed to get out of the bus. I didn't want to leave without my belongings. Then a policeman got very angry and twisted my elbow. I'm old, but not a very weak man. I used to wrestle a lot, so I managed to unhook my elbow from his grasp. While I was doing so, I touched the policeman's uniform. I wanted to keep him away so he wouldn't hit me. But as soon as I touched his uniform, he started screaming for help and shouted that I was assaulting him and tried to tear off his uniform. Soon more policemen arrived and pinned Gurmukh down. He was eventually put back on the bus and driven to crime branch's office and then to the Tihar jail, where he spent the next 15 days. Do read Nidhi Suresh's report titled, I fought three wars for this country and they call me a terrorist. Why Gurmukh Singh won't forget his humiliating arrest. At News Laundry, we've been striving to bring you unique and in-depth ground reports about the farmer protests since they began. For this, we need the continued support of our subscribers because we are not funded by government or corporations. So if you aren't a subscriber already, support us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com today. Subscriptions start at just 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. 18 people, including 11 Indians and 7 Indonesians, were booked for allegedly disobeying government guidelines issued in the wake of the coronavirus crisis by attending a Tablighi Jamaat congregation in March 2020, were acquitted today by a Lucknow Sessions Court. The court on Tuesday had observed that there was no evidence to prove that the accused had violated any quarantine rules. Advocate Zia Jalani, representing the accused, had argued that there was no evidence on record to show any motive on the part of the accused to spread the coronavirus and that they had followed the directives issued by the local authorities all along. The court quashed the cases against the Indonesian members of the Jamaat, observing that case diary did not mention they were taking part in any religious activity, giving a religious speech or distributing religion. Further, it also turned down contention that the accused violated Section 14B of Foreigners Act on visa rules. The judge also released all personal bonds of Indians, which they had furnished in court at the time of bail. The congregation held by the Islamic Missionary Sect in March 2020 was blamed for thousands of coronavirus infections around the country in the initial weeks of the countrywide lockdown. In an attack by suspected militants, two policemen died in Srinagar. The Kashmir Zone Police informed that the policemen identified as Muhammad Yusuf and Sohail Ahmed were shot in the city's Bhagat Barzula area, situated along the high-security airport road. They were moved to a hospital after they sustained bullet wounds. Later, they succumbed to the injuries. A CCTV footage of the incident shows the policemen being shot at close range at a tea stall. The police have launched a search operation to track down the attackers, according to a report by India Today. This is the second militant attack in Srinagar in the last three days, according to PTI. On Wednesday, suspected militants had shot at a restaurant owner's son in the city's Turganag area. Earlier today, three suspected militants and a policeman were killed in two separate gunfights in Jammu and Kashmir's Shopian and Budgam districts. These incidents took place as envoys from 24 countries visited Jammu and Kashmir on Wednesday and Thursday to assess its ground situation more than a year after the revocation of the state's special status under Article 370. 
Meanwhile, questions have been raised about the purpose of the visit. Many political leaders in Jammu and Kashmir have criticized the envoy's guided visit. The national conference leader, Omar Abdullah, through his tweets, had criticized the two-day visit yesterday. He said that the visit will be pointless as the diplomats will meet only hand-picked individuals. Now, let's move on to the international updates. Globally, the total number of COVID-19 cases stood at over 110 million, while as many as over 2.4 million people have died because of the infection. The Chinese government denied it obstructed Taiwan's coronavirus vaccine purchase from BioNTech after the island's health minister revealed that its deal with the German drug maker fell through at the last minute due to possible political pressure. Ma Jiaoguang, a spokesperson for China's Taiwan Affairs Office, said it was purely fabrication that Beijing had intervened in BioNTech's vaccine sale to Taiwan. Top U.S. infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci on Thursday said that a post-pandemic return to normal could come by the end of the year. Aligning his forecast with the Christmas target U.S. President Joe Biden set earlier this week, Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, had guided Americans to the long-sought return to something approaching normal life in the early autumn. Meanwhile, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson will call on world leaders to back efforts to speed up the development of new vaccines, treatments, and tests at a G7 meeting. The statement said that Johnson would set up his ambition today to cut the time to develop new vaccines by two-thirds to 100 days, and emphasized that slashing the time to develop vaccines for new diseases to 100 days will save countless lives in future health crises. Power began to flicker back in Texas on Thursday, four days after a powerful winter storm overwhelmed the state's electric grid, bringing life in America's second-largest state to a staggering halt. Reuters reported. But the crisis seemed far from over as thousands of homes remained without energy because of downed lines and other issues due to the inclement weather. About 3,25,000 homes and businesses remained without power in Texas on Thursday, down from about 30 lakh a day earlier. The storms also left more than 4,50,000 people from West Virginia to Louisiana without power and 1 lakh in Oregon were still enduring a week-long outage following a massive ice and snowstorm. American President Joe Biden said that he spoke to Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, to discuss the situation in Texas and identify ways to support the state's recovery from the storm. Biden wrote on Twitter, and I quote, I made clear to the governor that I will work relentlessly to get his state what they need, unquote. After sailing through space for seven months, NASA's Mars rover Perseverance, the most advanced astrobiology lab, landed safely on the red planet on Thursday to begin a search for traces of ancient microbial life. The six-wheeled vehicle came to rest about two kilometers from towering cliffs at the foot of a remnant fan-shaped river delta of the crater, considered a prime spot for the geobiological study on Mars, according to Reuters. The robotic vehicle covered a distance of 472 million kilometers over seven months before piercing the Martian atmosphere at 19,000 kilometers per hour to begin its descent to the planet's surface. NASA said a key objective for Perseverance's mission on Mars is astrobiology, including the search for signs of ancient microbial life. The rover will characterize the planet's geology and past climate, paving the way for human exploration of the red planet, and be the first mission to collect Martian rock and regolith, meaning broken rock or soil. Perseverance's payload also includes demonstration projects that could help pave the way for eventual human exploration of Mars, including a device to convert the carbon dioxide in the Martian atmosphere into pure oxygen. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. 
Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 